all of us have different definitions of what we would consider to be a treasure. My wife and I were uh, shopping. I'm looking over there. Okay, I couldn't see in the light. Um, we, don't, we don't rarely shop uh, together very often, but we were in a store the other day, and we walked in, and uh, my wife spotted a treasure. And uh, before you leave today, ask, ask my wife to, to, to make sure you seek her out and take a look at her shoes, and you will see her treasure. They are a treasure. I can't tell you where I found them because that is forbidden. Uh, but uh, we, we found a treasure. My idea of a treasure is a little different. Um, my, I, usually the treasures that I find are books. And I don't like to go, I don't mind going to a Barnes & Noble or Borders, but uh, Borders I think is out of business, but, um, but I would prefer to go to a use, like when a library has a book sale uh, up in, in Kent uh, every summer over the weekend from, I think, Memorial Day to Labor Day, they have a, 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 a book sale, and it's all used books. And uh, I go to the old, old book section, and I look for treasures. Last year, right before 4th of July, I found an old, old biography of Patrick Henry. And, uh, boy, I just felt like I had found a treasure. So my, most of my treasures are in books. I love old books. Uh, some of you treasures would be an antique that you find. And uh, some of you, it would be uh, maybe a very special uh, tool uh, that, uh, that you would use. But we all have our definitions of treasures. And when we find them, it may not be worth anything to anybody else. But to us, we found a treasure, a treasure. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says you have a treasure. If you know that your sins have been forgiven, you have a treasure. If you have peace with your Creator, you have a treasure. If you've been set free from the bondage of sin, you have a treasure. If you know how to get your prayers answered, you have a treasure. If you know that your heavenly Father loves you day in and day out, you have a treasure. If you live in a passionate love relationship with God every day, you have a treasure. If you know what it means to live by faith, it's not just a phrase to you. You know what it means to live by faith, or at least... You're learning what it means to live by faith. You have a treasure. If you have a Bible and you're receiving spiritual truth from it every day, you have a treasure. If you have a new nature through which the character of Jesus Christ is transforming you, you have a treasure. If you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you have a treasure. If you have the Spirit of God producing fruit in your life, His love, his joy, his peace, and so forth. If the Spirit of God is producing his fruit in your life, you have a treasure. If you belong to a thriving, praying, praising, soul-winning, serving New Testament church, you have a treasure. If you know that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ, you have a treasure. If the peace of God is keeping your mind and heart, 
you have a treasure. All of these treasures and many, many more are found in the greatest of all treasures, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's so many people who would love to have the treasure that you have. And the sad thing is, even as they crave to have the treasure that I just described, they reject him. They're rejecting the very treasure that they long for and not even realizing what they are pushing away. Paul said, we have this treasure. What is the treasure? The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure. Christian, we have this treasure. I ask you today, do you treasure the treasure that you've been giving, given. That's not a play on words. That is a question that I want you to consider for yourself. Do you truly treasure, do you value the treasure that God has given you in Jesus Christ? Do you treasure the forgiveness of sins? Do you treasure the truths of God's word? Do you treasure the gift of the Holy Ghost in you? Do you treasure eternal life. Do you treasure God's treasure? There was a group of very well-educated men. We call them wise men. And through studying some holy writings, very likely as a result of the influence of Daniel, at least partially, they had studied some holy writings and they came to the that a very special king was being born. And if they followed a very special star in the sky, it would lead them to the place where he was born. You know the story. They traveled a great distance. They came to a remote little town called Bethlehem. That's where the star settled. And some say that Jesus was still in the manger when they came. Others say that they had rented a little house, whatever. The Bible isn't super clear about that, but that doesn't really matter. They found the place where Jesus lay. And these very wealthy, very educated men had each brought treasures. In fact, let me read you what the Bible says. When they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. First of all, I want you to understand that their gifts were very expensive, very valuable treasures. And why would three very educated, very prestigious men bow before a baby? Why would they bow in awe of a child? The answer is that the treasure represented in Jesus Christ was already in their heart. 
And when they saw him, they knew they were seeing God's treasure and they brought their temporal treasures and they laid him, laid them at his feet and they worshiped him. Do you remember the day when you first became aware of the treasure that was found in Jesus Christ? For me, it was June the 8th, 1981. And I was in a crowd of about 5,000 teenagers and adults. A Christian school convention held at Rutgers University in New Jersey. And I had been battling with my salvation, but that day, the grace of God came down, got my attention, and I saw like never before the treasure of Jesus Christ. Do you remember the day when you first recognized the treasure that was in Jesus Christ? He was not just a name that was profanely used at work. He was not just a religious figure that you saw in a stained glass window. He was not just a religious icon. But suddenly for the first time you saw Jesus Christ as a treasure. And you bowed before him. You may not have physically bowed, but in your heart you bowed. And you said, I want to make the Lord Jesus Christ my Savior. You said yes. You let him come into your heart. Don't ever forget the treasure. And don't ever fail to treasure the treasure that God has given you, Jesus Christ, your Savior. So many people in this world, folks, come face to face with the treasure that is Jesus Christ. And they just pass on by. I don't know why that is, but I praise the Lord that you and I saw the treasure of Jesus Christ and by the grace of God, we took the treasure into our own hearts. But don't ever stop treasuring the treasure. Paul said we have this treasure. The other night, Brother Corky and I were walking through an alleyway and we came up around some steps and there was a man that actually recognized us right away. He's been to our Sunday dinner a number of times and we greeted him and talked to him for a little bit and I pulled out a church track and I started to try to witness to him. And he said, oh, I've heard that when I came to your dinner. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, when I'm ready for Jesus, I'll let you know. I broke my heart. I tried to convince him of the urgency. I said, sir, this is life or death. And sometime, someday, you're going to have your last opportunity ever to receive Jesus Christ. He said, when I'm ready, I'll let you know. We turned and walked away. We're going into a building. And I said to Corky, something just makes me grieve at the thought of that man forever reliving that moment right there. When he came face to face with the treasure of Jesus Christ and said, no, thank you, I'm not ready. We walked through a door. Actually, I came to the door, and usually that door is locked. I've pulled on that door a number of times when it was locked. But, and I said to Corey, I said, I think this door is going to be locked. It was, it was an entry door to an apartment building. And Wednesday night, it was open. So we opened the door, and we walked in, and there were three apartments on the main floor. We walked all the way to the back one. I knocked on the door, and a young man named Jesse came to the door. And I want to tell you something. Jesse listened to the gospel as if we had had an appointment made for us. 
and very willingly and very sincerely trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. I can't understand why some people come face to face with the treasure of Jesus Christ and say, no, thank you. And other people come face to face with the treasure of Jesus Christ and say, yes, I want him. But praise the Lord, you and I, we have the treasure. We have, Paul said, the treasure. When you have God's treasure in your heart, he will flow. I say he because Jesus is the treasure. He will flow out into your actions. Listen to Matthew 12, 35. This is Jesus talking. Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. Now, the only good treasure that any man will ever have in his heart is Jesus Christ. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. When you have Jesus Christ, the good treasure in your heart, you will bring forth good things. When you have the treasure of Jesus Christ in your heart, sir, you will love your wife. Ma'am, you will love your husband when the treasure of Jesus Christ is in your heart. When the treasure is in your heart, you will love your children. When the treasure is in your heart, you will be a good employee. When the treasure is in your heart, you will be a good student. When the treasure is in your heart, you'll be an honest citizen. citizen. Uh, You'll be an honest citizen. When the treasure of God is in your heart, you will help people. You'll be kind to the people that you interact with throughout the day. Why? Because a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. Before you received Jesus Christ, all you had to give was anger. All you had to give was trouble. All you had to give was bitterness. But with Jesus Christ, the treasure in your heart, you bring forth good things. Do the people in your life see the treasure, Jesus Christ, beaming out of your heart? When the world looks at you, the song says, do they see Jesus? I'm going to tell you a story. and You're not going to think it's true, so I'm going to dare you to write the name down and search it for yourself. 1981, Earl Weaver, Earl Weaver's not the name, Earl Weaver, the manager of the Baltimore Orioles, his uh, shortstop, and I believe the shortstop's name was Lenny Cicada, I'm not sure, but his shortstop was injured, veteran shortstop. So he looked down at the bench and saw two rookies. One was named Cal Ripken, Jr., The other was named Bobby Bonner. Bobby Bonner is one of three men that are on Cal Ripken Jr.'s rookie card. Now, if you don't know baseball, Cal Ripken Jr. doesn't mean anything better than Bobby Bonner does. For those of you that are sports fans or basically just paying attention to life in general, You know the name Cal Ripken Jr. He's one of the great, in fact, he broke Lou Gehrig's record. If you don't know that name, please don't tell me, all right? But uh, Lou Gehrig had the record for many years for having the most consecutive games without missing. And Cal Ripken broke that record, and Cal Ripken now owns the record for playing the most consecutive Major League Baseball games without missing a game. But Cal Ripken in 1981 was just a rookie. So Earl Weaver looked down his bench. Don't miss this story and look it up later because you're not going to believe. You're going to think I'm lying. I made this up. 
He looked down the bench and he saw two rookies, shortstops down there, Cal Ripken Jr. and Bobby Bonner. And Earl Weaver thought that Bobby Bonner had more promise than Cal Ripken did. So he called him up and he became the team's shortstop. But something happened to Bobby Bonner that changed him. He got saved. He found the treasure. And the treasure of Jesus Christ shone brightly from his heart. That meant that when the team went out to drink, Bobby didn't go drink. That meant when the teammates told dirty stories, Bobby didn't tell the stories or listen to them. Listen, when the treasure of Jesus Christ shines forth from your heart, it's going to be, you're going to be different. Earl Weaver didn't like that. He didn't think that Bobby Bonner was a good teammate because he didn't tell the jokes. He didn't listen to the jokes. He didn't, participate. He didn't go out with everybody else. He didn't party. He didn't like that. Made him mad. So he benched Bobby Bonner and he put Cal Ripken in. You know the story with Cal Ripken, but let me tell you the rest of the story with Bobby Bonner. Bobby Bonner got tired of sitting on the bench, and so it wasn't too long before he resigned from Major League Baseball. Very talented, but resigned from Major League Baseball. God called him to the mission field. Bobby Bonner walked away from a multi-million dollar career in baseball and went to the mission field, went to Zambia, Africa. He and his wife served in Zambia for 28 years. They started over 100 churches. They trained 150 preachers to go out and serve the Lord. And now they lead a mission ministry somewhat similar to Brother Nelm's ministry of planning, raising money to plant churches and train preachers. I would urge you to search that name. How did all that happen in his life? Hey, from a worldly perspective, people say, boy, he blew his chance. But before God... His life was changed and he has changed thousands and thousands of lives and continues to change lives all because the treasure of Jesus Christ was in his heart and he allowed it to shine forth. We have this treasure, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure. I urge you today to treasure God's treasure in your heart. Don't take him lightly. I urge you today to let the good treasure show in your life. And don't forget this. The trials of life will reveal what you really do treasure. See, it's one thing to say that we treasure the Lord Jesus Christ. But when life gets hard, that's when you find out what you really do treasure. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse number 26 tells us that Moses valued the reproach of Christ. He esteemed it greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Now, here's what has always intrigued me about this verse. Don't miss this. Moses lived 1,500 years before Christ. And yet it says that he esteemed the riches of Christ 
Moses didn't even know about Christ. How could Moses make the calculation that the reproach of Christ is greater riches than the treasures of Egypt? Because Moses didn't know his name, he didn't know who he was, but he knew he was in his heart. Moses knew before there ever was the name Jesus Christ, Moses knew that the treasure of God was in his heart. And when it came down to it, Moses decided to forsake the treasures of the palace for the treasure that was in his heart. Life will reveal whether you truly treasure God's treasure. Sickness will reveal what's really important to you. Poverty will reveal what's really important to you. Loneliness will reveal what's really important to you. Persecution will reveal what's really important to you. Failure will reveal what you really treasure. It was five years ago tomorrow. Five years ago today, my wife and I went to the clinic over in Brookfield. And the doctor on call that day looked at my foot. I'll never forget, she, she said, look at me. I looked at her. She was kneeling in front of me looking at my foot. She said, go straight to the Danbury Hospital emergency room. I promise you she said this. She said, do not stop for a Coke. I don't know how she knew that that would be. Because <laughs> I promise you if she hadn't said that, I probably would have. She said, do not stop for a Coke. Go straight to the Danbury Hospital emergency room. We went to Danbury Hospital five years ago today. It was a Monday. And... Uh, I remember clearly, 3.15 in the afternoon. At that time, we had one channel at home. It was Channel 7 ABC. And our evening television watching was uh, comprised of Jeopardy at 7, Wheel of Fortune at 7.30. That was all the TV we ever watched because that's all we had. And so I remember clearly sitting in the emergency room at 3.15 thinking to myself, I think we'll get home by 7 because I want to get home and see Jeopardy. But by 7 o'clock, I was checked into uh, the hospital room. By 9 o'clock, Pastor Bish and Brother Charlie Clark were both in my room. And by the next day, they had taken off the half of my left foot. And it's, it's still gone. It hasn't grown back. But... The darkness really was what had preceded those days as I lay on the living room couch and, and uh, just didn't know what was going on. It was, it was more spiritual battle than it was physical. I didn't realize it because the doctor didn't tell me and she didn't tell me. She knew. She didn't tell me that I was potentially on my deathbed. She didn't know until after I went into surgery. They told her. They didn't tell me. I guess they want you to be happy going into surgery. They will be into surgery, and they said, I want you to know how close to the edge he is. And uh, I went in, you know, thinking, wee, <laughs> you know. I, and uh, But as I look back at what was 
potentially could have been my, my deathbed. I can tell you this, nothing else mattered but the Lord. I needed him. As I lay on the, on the, on the couch there, of course, my family is, is, is everything to me. But they were doing the work of the church for two or three weeks. I wasn't doing anything. We had missionaries in town. They were totally entertaining the missionary. And there I was looking up at the ceiling. Nothing that I normally enjoyed held any interest. I didn't want to see any westerns on TV. I didn't want to listen to any music. The only thing I enjoyed was over, over uh, the Internet getting some um, Christian radio, listening to the music. That was the only thing that mattered to me at all, and listening to the Word of God. See, I found out that God was all I needed, and he was really what I did need. I'm saying to you, the trials of life will reveal to you who you need and who you ultimately must treasure. Now, one more thought and we'll be done. Paul said we have this treasure, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Here's the amazing thing. Jesus, if you remember in Matthew 6, told us to lay up treasures in heaven. That's interesting. He is the treasure, and he tells us to lay up treasures. Matthew 6, 19 and 20. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus is telling us to invest in eternity. The greatest investment you'll ever make is the investment in eternity. One of the most important things that I do is to keep on beating the drum before you. To make you realize that eternity is more important than time. That this life is temporary. The next life is forever. And the greatest investments you will make will be the eternal investments that you make. Because the returns are eternal. Investing in eternity will be the safest investment that you'll ever make. And they'll be the investments with the highest returns. Would you notice if your Bible is open, if you look back to verse number 1, this is fascinating. In verse number 1, Paul said, seeing we have this ministry. Now wait, in verse 7, he said, we have this treasure. In verse 1, he said, we have this ministry. So how do we invest How do we lay up treasures in heaven? Well, we have this treasure, therefore we have this ministry of taking the gospel to the world. Here's here's what I'm saying. Everything we do to advance the cause of Christ to get the gospel to the world is laying up treasures in heaven. Whether it's personally witnessing to somebody and telling somebody how to be saved which Amy did the other night, a man sitting on the front step, very lonely, very sad. She witnessed to him. He trusted Christ. As she walked away from him, twice he called her back. The first time he called her back to say, thank you for stopping to talk to me. The second time he called her back, what did he say? I feel much better now. That's awesome. That's an investment in eternity. But you make an investment in eternity when you help pave the driveway. 
to make it more attractive and accommodating for people to come to church and safer. You invest in eternity when you give to missions. You invest in eternity when you clean the building. You invest in eternity when you work to make a youth activity go yesterday. You invest in eternity when you work in the ministry, teaching a Sunday school class, working on the bus route, working on the Wednesday night soul winning bus, working in RU, contributing to the broadcast, working in the Spanish ministry. Whatever you do, that's your investment in eternity. Jesus said, lay up treasures for heaven. Every prayer you pray, every penny you give, every minute you prepare, every tract you hand out, every person you witness to, every little job that you do in a ministry of a soul-winning church is an investment in the kingdom of God, and it results in you having more treasure in heaven. And here's the great statement that Jesus made about it. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Listen carefully to that statement. A lot of times I think we take that as where your heart is, there will your treasure be. In other words, if you have a heart for this thing, you'll give to it. But he didn't say that. That may be true, but that was not the point Jesus was making. The point Jesus made was where your treasure is, there will your heart be. You invest in heaven. And suddenly you'll have a heart for heaven. You invest in Jesus and you'll have a heart for Jesus. Do you want to treasure God's treasure, Jesus Christ, more than you do? Then invest in his cause. Give the gospel to a friend. Hand someone a gospel tract. Pray for the unsaved people that you know. Give to world missions. Work on the bus route. Have a job that you do in our church every week. Invest in Christ's eternal cause and you'll begin to treasure him more than you ever have before. We have this treasure, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Listen, do you, do you treasure the treasure of Jesus Christ that's in your heart? Does that treasure shine forth into the good, good, good works in your life? When you go through the testing Are you willing to go through testing that shows you what you really treasure? And are you investing in Christ's cause, laying up treasure in heaven? Oh, let me ask you one more question. Is there someone here who has never made the treasure of Jesus Christ your own? So you've got to receive the treasure first. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You've got to choose to make Jesus your own. It's not enough to just believe that he is the treasure. You've got to receive him. Let's bow our heads quickly before we go today. Lord, I pray that you'd give